Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. I want you to get your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, get your, your iPhone, get your iPad. And before I give you the scripture, uh, I'm going to give you a quick um, I'm going to give you a quick review, like a, a minute or so review of the last couple of weeks, just in case you weren't here, right? If you weren't here, you've missed an incredible time. Actually, the, the very first service that we did on this, we, I talked about uh, the donkey and the Lord has need of you, and we had a prophetic, prophetic allegory of the Lord using and wanting a tied colt uh, and still wanted to use it for his use. And then we uh, talked about a lot of things. So uh, one of, just to review, one of the things we talked about two weeks ago, by the way, Enrique did an incredible job last week. How many were encouraged? He's invisible right now. He's just, I don't know, he's somewhere here. But um, we talked about hope. Uh, but I want to just tell what, uh, a couple weeks ago what we ended off. Number one, in, in the epistle of Peter, we talked about uh, how everyone has gifts from the variety of gifts from the Holy Spirit, Right? We, we determined two things that, the, that, the, that Peter said in his epistle. He said this. He said, one, everyone has a gift of God from the variety, vast of gift. That means even if you don't know what your gift is, you have a gift from God. The second thing he said is the reason and the purpose for these gifts that he's given you, watch this, is to serve one another well. Your gift is not so that you could go on a spiritual picnic and say, look at all the gifts that God has given me. I'm really gifted. Well, listen, the purpose of the gift is so that you and I could serve one another well, watch this, without expecting anything in return. Now, the way that you serve according to your gifts does not always have to be behind the pulpit. As a matter of fact, 95% of the time is probably not going to be behind the pulpit. Serving could be in so many ways. Opening up your home. It could be in a teaching gift. It could be in a singing gift. It could be in a tech. We need media techs and sound techs. It could be someone that just loves to meet with, with new people. And we have a couple people here that says, I want to be plugged in with that. And so we talked about that. And we also uh, talked about that you don't have to have your life together in order for God to start calling out the purposes of God in your life. I know it's early, but I could preach good in the early time too. He, he didn't wait for Peter to get saved. As a matter of fact, Peter wasn't even saved or filled with the Spirit. And yet Jesus called this rambunctious, uh, uh, attitude-filled, sometimes cursing-filled person. He said, you are Peter and you're the rock. He called his purposes before he was filled with the Spirit and before he was saved. So how much more when you're saved does God want to release his purposes through you and make them known to you? The third thing we talked about was, and I got a lot of cheers on this and I couldn't hardly speak, was uh, the principle of a pioneer needs to be adopted for those who want to see something in their life or in their church. The Lord says, if you don't see it in your life, start pioneering. Because the, a spirit of a pioneer doesn't wait for somebody to do it for them. They see the lack and they do it themselves. Or they may be the answer for what they're complaining about. And then lastly, before we start, I spoke about that uh, the three things are the three main things that uh, are main reasons for people that don't use their gifts. Their fear. Listen to me. Some of you could relate to that. I've had conversations with some of you. Lack of confidence and laziness. And it's all scriptural. This is just review for those of you guys who weren't here. One of the things that stops people from using their gift, I'm talking to you right now in these blue seats, okay? It's, it's you're afraid. Some of you know that you have a gift. That's a whole other sermon, guys. 
Some of you guys know you have a gift and you're sitting on it, not because you don't know, it's because you're afraid or you don't think that it's worth it, which I'll talk about it later. With that said, I want us to, to look at the first slide. Zach, if you could put the first slide. Releasing and activating your gifts will open doors of opportunity for you. Listen, I'm not trying to be preachy here, but you need to get encouraged every now and then. Releasing and activating your gifts will open doors of opportunity for you and advance the kingdom of God. John didn't even know that he was saying that my, my, first, my first slide. When you give, it's not just so that you could get back. You're advancing the kingdom of God. Look at this. Releasing and activating your gifts will, listen, open doors. Everybody say open doors. Let's pause and stop being so, um, uh, what's the, uh, false humility. False humility is like, well, no, I don't need any open doors. I don't want any open doors. I want open doors. Because the Lord wants to open doors. He's the God, come on, that opens the doors that no man could shut. And he also shuts the doors that no man could open. But there are many times that God opens a door. Watch this. When God opens a door, it's not his job for you for, for, to make you walk through those doors. It, sometimes God opens a door and we're missing it because we are not activating what God has called us to do. And I'm going to share something a little bit that's going to encourage you and probably, um, probably sting you a little bit. But it's going to be powerful. Now watch this. Are you ready for this? Watch this. Releasing and activating your gifts. Say, my gifts. Say, well, open doors of opportunity. Come on, say it like you mean it. For me. Now, do you believe that? Now watch this. Look at Proverbs 18. We're going to look at Proverbs 18 in two different versions, okay? We're going to look at it in the uh, New King James, and then we're going to look at it in the NIV, and just so you can see this language. Oh, glory to God. I feel the Holy Spirit already. Help me, Holy Spirit. A man's gift will make room for him and brings him before great men. A man's gift will make room for him and it will present him before great men, influential people. Let me tell you, some of you, because of your gift, I'm prophesying to you, if you stay steady and faithful in it, God will graduate you in the hiddenness and will present you to people of influence because they have a, they have a need for your gift. Look at look look you're not you're not as excited as I am. Look at look at the same verse in the NIV. Are you ready to shout? Are you ready to shout with me? Look at look at the NIV. Look at this. A gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. Oh my. A gift op it opens the way. What's the way? The door. A door. It opens the way, right, and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. Now watch what I am about to say according to this scripture. You say, well, that's just babble, babble. No, no, no. Let me give you a biblical example of someone that was faithful, with, uh, was a good steward of their gift. We need to be a steward not only of our finances, but of our gift. Here is David. Can we talk about David for a second? David was playing the harp. He was a nobody. And he knew, watch this, he had a musical gift that God had given him. And in the private times of his life, when nobody knew him, when nobody knew who David was, he was out there playing, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice in the Hebrew. 
Anyways, so he, he was, he was, he was playing, right? He was, <laughs> he was playing before the Lord. Now watch this. And he was singing. Now, can I just pause and say, if you're a musician, don't wait till you get on stage before you minister. Minister the gift that God gave you to the Lord before you do it on stage. Don't make me drop the mic this morning. Listen, listen. If you have a singing gift, if God blessed you with a musical gift, if God blessed you with a singing gift, before, if you, listen, I just, Christina's going to love me for this. If you are only singing or, or, or trying to sing to get on stage and not using the gift that he's given you first to him, then you're not going to be, your gift is not going to open the way for you. But watch this. When you are a steward of your gift, you will go from the pasture to the palace in one day. I'm going to say this to you. David was a nobody when it comes to, we all know he was a somebody when it comes to the Lord. But when it comes to people, nobody knew who he was. Yet day after day after day, his gift... His gift was playing. And you know what the Bible says? You know what the Bible says? That as he was playing, it actually says a random story. And I'm going to show you to you. It doesn't even mention his name. A random story. There were people day by day that would walk by the certain area that David was playing. And he he wasn't using his gift to try to get promoted. He was just saying, he was just loving on the Lord, playing that harp. He was a skilled musician. He was young. But he was, watch this, he wasn't on a worship team. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't on a stage. He was in the wilderness, and he was singing to the Lord. Watch, watch, watch. And there was a need in the biggest stage of the country where there was a wicked king named Saul who was tormented by demons, tormented by evil spirits. And people would walk around, and magistrates and leaders would walk around, and they would hear a sound. They would hear a sound, and it was so peaceful and so beautiful. And I could imagine they would just kind of stare at that shepherd boy and say, boy, every time that boy plays, I feel something on me. I'm not sure what it is, but I just feel the peace of God all over me. I'm gonna, this is not just good, I'm going to prove it that this is in the Bible. It came to pass where as he was doing his gift on his own, that the, the news came to wicked King Saul, who was being tormented by this evil spirit, says, hey, In our journey, one of his leaders say, we have heard (laughs) of a young man out of the house of Jesse. They didn't even know his name. Out of the house of Jesse, and he is skillful with a harp. We've heard him sing. And there's something about that young man. I bet if you would bring him to you, your demons and that tormenting spirit will stop. So watch this. Here's David. And so Saul goes, get him for me. Get him for me. David was in his own little world, playing his own little harp, being steward to the gift of God. Your gift will make open the way, open the way, open the way, open the way before great men. He's singing, and all of a sudden, he's probably eating dinner or something, and a whole bunch of horses come. Knock on the door. Whole bunch of the entourage of the king of the, of, uh, listen, the king of the, uh, of the land. We need to borrow your son. Watch this, not because he's in trouble, because we heard that there's a gift that he has that the king needs. In one day, 
Do you think he woke up saying, I want to be in front of the, the greatest man in our, uh, as far as authority, the king of Israel this morning? No, he's just singing like he always sings. And God used his gift suddenly. But he was faithful with his gift. And that's the reason where people fall in the church. We want to see fruitfulness now, but we're not faithful with our gift in the silent places. You know what I used to do before preaching? And then I'm going I'm to age myself. I used to put a tape. That means you put a tape. You know, some of you guys don't know it. And you press play. And literally, this is a true story. I would say, when I first got saved, I knew how to call to preach. And I would preach to myself. And I would say, all right, everybody, turn to Matthew chapter 3. Come on, say amen. That's right. Amen. And then, you know, the Bible says amen. And I would hear it and I'd go, oh, my gosh. It was so whack, you know, back then. I'm like listening to myself say, say amen. I'm like, and no one's saying amen. Guess what? I was practicing my gift. Now, to you and even to me, it's foolish. But I kept doing that. I kept doing that. And the Lord started promoting me in the area of my gifting. Now watch. I want you to see this so you don't think that, I, that I'm, I'm, I'm lying. Do you know what, what, what happened to David when it comes to his gift? What is equivalent today in America? That is equivalent of happening today. Let me give you a, a, a modern-day scenario of what happened to David. You get on YouTube, and you got like 14 likes. <laughs> right? You get on YouTube. That's YouTube right now, uh, there's people that are going viral, and they never thought they would go viral. They just, they just posted a video. You get on YouTube and you start encouraging people. You start encouraging people. Or you sing or you worship and you have no agenda and you just want to just bless people. And all of a sudden you got like 50 likes, you know, like you're like, all right, 50 likes. And you keep doing it. And you keep singing and you keep teaching. You keep doing art, whatever it is. And you stay faithful with that gift. And all of a sudden someone from the White House sees your video. And they are so touched by your video that they said, we need to bring this person in front of the President of the United States because they have what he needs at this moment. Come on, that was a shouting moment. That is the equivalent of what being faithful to your gift will do. Let me, let me give you a pastoral counsel. Don't be quick to get promoted. Because if you, if you want to be promoted before it's time, you may actually do some damage. There's a reason why there is a delay. Whether it's the Lord want to shape you or, the, or, you, or you're just being a knucklehead. Because it's not God's fault, right? Watch this. Do you want to see this in scripture? 1 Samuel 16, look at this. We're going to read. Give me, uh, so I'm just going to skip verse 14. Look, but the spirit of the Lord departed, departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord. Let me say that. That was a distressing spirit from the Lord. In other words, the Lord allowed an evil spirit to torment Saul because of his disobedience. That's a whole other theological debate. And Saul's servant said to him, oh God, surely a distressing or tormenting spirit from God is troubling you, O king. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a person who is a skillful player on the harp. Oh, man. And it shall be that when he plays it will, uh, it, with, it, with his hand, when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, and you shall be well. Saul said to his servants, provide me now a person who can play well. Watch this, and bring him to me. There was a need. Let me pause and say this. Every person that has a gift is going to fulfill a certain need. 
Every gift that you have is to serve others and it's to fulfill a need. Can I hear an amen? Now watch. He says, then one of the servants answered and said, look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war. Do you notice he says, I have seen him. I have seen him play. When I'm passing by, I've, I've seen him play. That means in the wilderness, he was getting out his harp and he was playing. He's prudent in speech and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is, watch this, with the sheep. That proves it. He was with the sheep. He was singing. He was with the sheep. And he was being faithful with the gift. And all of a sudden, the entourage of the armies of the Lord came to pick the young man David up because of his gift. Now, fast forward to, ver to the last verse, uh, Zach, verse 23. Look at that. And so it was whenever the spirit from God was upon Saul, the tormenting spirit, that David would take a harp and play. Come on, musicians. And play it with his hand. Then Saul will become refreshed. Woo! And well. And the tormenting spirit would depart from him. Guys, I'm telling you that if you are faithful with your gift, the Lord will open the door for you. Will it be before the President of the United States? Maybe, maybe not. But even if it's to three people that that door is open to, go to it. I, I firmly believe, this may be, uh, th this is just my belief, that if we are obedient with the gift of God and the little open doors that that leads us to, we have no clue what those other doors will open after we leave. You could plant a seed in someone's life and leave, and you say, man, I only, well, God opened the door for three people, but one of those people will be the next Billy Graham that will shake the world for Jesus. And you did a job because you were faithful to your gift. Everyone has a gift, all right? Now, I will say this. When he was faithful in the secret place, that's when God promoted him. And so uh, there's more gifts than just the nine gifts of the Spirit. That's a whole other sermon. There's the nine gifts of the Spirit, which is uh, a tongues, prophecy, and, and, and the word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Uh, there's a, a whole much more gifts than the nine gifts of the Spirit, which we're going to talk about in a seminar uh, next year. Come on. Say amen. But you find out maybe what your gifting are. Now, this is not the only way. You say, how do I find out what my gifting are? Silence yourself and find out what is burning in you the most. That's a clue, what's burning in you the most. What, is, uh, what the Lord has put upon you in a heavy way, in a good heavy way. And some of you is giving. I've talked to some of you, and I've talked to you in restaurants, and I've said, uh, what do you feel God has called you to do? And while hesitation, some of you have said, my sole call is to fund the kingdom of God. And I'm thinking, there's people out there that have this burden. And to me, it was formed because the Lord says, the same way that you have a burden for people, there's people that I've placed on this earth that weep. And can't wait to get millions of dollars because they're going to, to fulfill and help the work of the Lord. And I couldn't believe that there's people out there, but there is. Now watch this. This is where you're going to shout. Ready? I'm going to write this down. When you are flowing in your God-given ability, listen to me, it will be a delight and a passion, not a burden. Not a, not a, when you are flowing in your gift, do we get tired in our, yes. 
But I'm not saying that we're not going to get tired. I'm saying this is a delight in us. This is a delight in us. Yeah, we get weary. Our bodies get tired. But watch this. When you're flowing in your gift, it will be a delight and not something that it's a burden. And if it is, then you have to seek God to see if there's a transitional moment in your life. Now watch this. Here's the key. Everyone look at me. This is why we've got to learn how to stay in our lane spiritually and not try to hop over to another lane because we see it better with another person's gift. We've got to stick in our lane. Listen, listen. If you stick to your lane and it comes to your gifting, you will become more successful and fruitful. You're not called to do everybody else's gift. Listen, you know what I'm called for? You know what my lane is? my, My lane is I could preach, I could develop a sermon, I could develop leaders, and I could run a church. But don't ask me to be the worship leader. And it's not because I can't sing. It's because it's not my lane. A a, a lot of times we get frustrated because we're trying to do something, can I just say it, that God never gifted us to do. Now, can you learn a gift? Yes, you can learn a gift. But there's a difference between learning a gift and when God gives you a gift. Oh, my friends, you will be so happy if you just stick to your lane. And and let me tell you, you know why there's a lot of personality quirks in in the church? is because we're actually judging people's giftings and the way that they operate in their gift makes them express themselves differently than the other person who has a gift of evangelism. So the the person who has a gift of comforting will always comfort the person who is in sin and, and, and in trouble. And the evangelist will judge that and say, you're just being too nice and too soft. You need to give him the word of the Lord. They need to repent, and both are true. But if you just stick to your lane, watch this, you will be fruitful. I am here to give you some good news. I don't do a lot of things well. No, it's okay. It's okay. I only do a couple things well, and that's why I believe the Lord called me, because I'm not handy. Help me for that. Pray for me. I'm not handy. I don't know anything about cars. I could fill the gas and, you know, get, get the oil done. I, I don't know anything about mechanic. I'm pretty good in basketball, but I'm getting older now, so I'm not that good. <laughs> but I can't do a lot of stuff. But watch this. Watch this. I, I admit, I cannot do a lot of stuff. I told you before, but I'm the one who's holding the ladder for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you want, okay, you want the wrench? Okay, here's the wrench. You know, here's a hammer. No lie, I'm holding it to make sure she's steady and she's the one who's knocking. I have to call Steve to do some stuff because I don't know how to do it. Here's my point. You know what makes me successful is not comparing where I'm deficient. It's sticking to where I'm good. That's why I'm effective because I recognize what I'm not good at and therefore I let other people run that. And I let other people go with that. I need to stick to my lane. Once I stick to my lane, everything will be fruitful. And I'll be, watch this, watch this, I'll be happy. You will be happy if you stay in your lane. Oh, come on, turn to someone and say stay in your lane. Come on. Come on, say stay in your lane. We got to be okay with not trying to do everybody else's job. You know, I I said this privately, but I'm going to say it publicly now. 
Okay, I'm going to say it publicly now. I've said it privately. There was a story I heard of a pastor. They were having a meeting, and the children's pastor that was hired there came to the senior pastor, and the true story, and the senior pa- and they were having a meeting, and their children's ministry was, was kind of struggling, and so the children's pastor says, I don't know what to do. What can I do to help, uh, to help the children's ministry grow? Uh, can you tell me? I need, I need your wisdom. Now, of course, he, the pastor gave them his wisdom, but ultimately at the end he says, I don't know what else to tell you. That's why I hired you. In other words, I hired you so that you could figure out children's ministry because that's your gifting. If I try to, listen, if I try to do children's ministry, your kids will be like, Daddy, PG. Not that I'm going to scold them th- or something. I just, pro- I just probably won't have the patience that my wife has. But watch this. If you stick to your gifting, here's the beautiful part about the kingdom. I can't do what you do, and you, do, you can't do what I do. But together, we could cause an explosion in the spirit. So, so I want to re- release this to you. Releasing the gifts. Look at the next slide. Are you getting something this morning? Releasing the gifts that the Lord has put inside of you, along with the financial gifts that the Lord has blessed you with. That's right. We can meet huge needs and also be used, watch this, to weaken the enemy. Say weaken the enemy. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Your gift could also weaken the enemy. Your gift will slow down the enemy. So if I'm slowing down the enemy and you're slowing down the enemy and you're slowing down the enemy and you're slowing down the enemy, we could all push back the enemy with the gift of God. And look, look, look at what it says real quick. And for, you're going to laugh at this story, so I want you to see. I'm going to show you a five-minute video. It's kind of comical, but I want you to see how we could use our gifts to destroy and push back the kingdom of darkness. Now, uh, I, because of time, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, skip one of the, script, the scriptures I had um, that I'm going to use later. But I want you to get that video ready, um, Zach. And how, how many of you heard, how many of you have seen Three Amigos? <laughs> So, it, listen, I'm just going to give you an illustration. Your gift will expand the kingdom of God. Hear me now. Hear me now. But your gift, everybody say my gift. My gift. Say my gift. my gift. Can stop the enemy. It's all throughout the Bible. All throughout the Bible. It weakens the work of darkness. Right? Because the gift is weapons in your hand. So do you remember the story where, where, uh, where I'll let you see it, but, the, you know, they were like, El Guapo is coming. And they said, what could this town do? Their gifts. They're like, we could sow. And they used their gift for the, for, to defeat a WAPO. So look at this scene. It's about five minutes. You're going to laugh at it. But after this, the worship team could come up. Go ahead and look at this. Now, remember, your gift will make room for you and will defeat the enemy. Watch. Come on. Say amen. Say amen. Now, I know that sounds comical and I know it's a little bit long. But I wanted to show you that rarely is it taught that your gift together, when we use it for the glory of God, can push back and defeat the enemy. Come on, say amen. That town, the only thing they could do as a gift was sowing. And you would think, well, sowing is nothing. But they used their gift to defeat the enemy. How much more will you and I be effective in the kingdom if we recognize our gifts, stay with it? And stay the course because as you proceed to do your gift, not only are you ministering to people, you're pushing back darkness with the Lord. Come on, say amen. 
The worship team, you can come up there. We're closing now. I'm going to give you four last points on the screen. Now, I want you to look at the screen. Some other reasons people don't use their gifts and talents. Look at it up. Four, four reasons, and that, that's, this is the last four, and we're going to close. Are you getting something to tonight, this morning, this morning, tonight? So here it is. Some other reasons people don't use their gifts. Number one, number one, put it up there. They put little to no value to what God has given them. Little to no value. In other words, they don't believe that what they have is good enough. Uh-oh. Did you hear what I just said? Some of you believe, don't believe that what you actually have is good enough. If I were to ask you to raise your hands and there was no people here, you'd be surprised who raises their hands. Right? Now, is that, is that ministering to some of you? Do you have a gift and you put little value in it? Listen, does anybody have, uh, this is just coming to me. You've probably heard this right before. Anybody have a $20 bill that they could let me borrow? I was going to ask for a $100 bill, but I don't, I don't want to know. I don't know if this is a, thank you. Thank you. Okay, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Lunch is on you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> no, it's not. This is your gift, right? Right? The reason, so so this, is, this is your gift, right? This is your gift. This is your gift, okay? Do you still want it? Why? Because it still has value. Do you still want this? Do you still want this? <laughs> Even if this is crumbled, he'll be able to use it at a store. Because just because you feel that you are not valued doesn't mean that your gift is not powerful. Your gift has value. You have value. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right? Come on, say amen. amen. That's the first reason people don't use their gift, because they think that their gift is no longer valuable. No, it is. No matter how much has been trampled upon in the past, no matter how many times you've been rejected, your gift is from God and is valuable. Number two, they don't see it. Some people in this room, you don't even believe that, you, you don't even see that you have a gift. You know how many people come to me as a pastor and say, I don't know what my gift is. You know the reason, the second reason people don't use their gift? Because they don't believe that they have a specific ability from God. And you know what these people fall into? A category. Amen, fire alarm. <laughs> They fall into the category of, watch this, listen to me, listen to me, believing lies. Everybody say lies. Say lies. Many people in the body of Christ believe the lie that they don't have anything to offer. There's some people that are sitting on their gift because they think there's no value. There's some people that think that they absolutely, you know, literally, I'm not trying to embarrass people. 
Every, I've seen people say, I don't have anything to offer. I'm not good at anything. But you do have something to offer. You do have something to offer. And number three, number three, listen to this. Number three, the reason why people don't use their gifts, listen to me, I know this hurts, is comparison. Everybody say comparison. Everybody say comparison. Come on, let, let this hit you in a good way with a sword of the Lord. The reason many people don't use their gifts is because they're comparing their ability with somebody else that may have a higher ability than you. And then you get discouraged because if let's say you're a preacher or you have a teaching gift and you see someone teaching better than you, you say, well, I have to get to that status in order for God to use me. Or you see a singer or a musician or a painter and you say, wow, they, I am not even near them. Look how God is using them. And yet you, you begin to stop the momentum of the call of God in your life because you compare. Let me tell you something really powerful, church. Listen, shh, listen, listen, listen. What I got delivered from years ago was not demons. I'm going to tell you what I got delivered from, and I did. I, I was bound to this. I used to compare my calling with some of my friends' callings, and my friends that grew up with me in ministry, in Benny Hinn's ministry, I would see them blow up in ministry. Literally, I could call them right now. They're on Sid Roth. They're all over the world. They're on Benny Hinn's. And we grew up together. And I'm thinking to myself, this is where the enemy attacks you. You haven't prayed enough. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's what he says. You haven't read enough. You've been disobedient. Look at him. Look at him. You guys grew up together. Look at him. And I look at you. And the Lord says, the Lord told me years ago, he says, what does it matter? What I do for him is not what I've called you to do. If you can get delivered from comparing yourself, even from past failures, sometimes we compare ourselves with the good you, the, the, the good old days. You know the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, look it up in the NLT, it says, do not wish for the good old days. Uh, word for word, it says, do not wish for the good old days. Look it up in your Bible app so you believe me. Look up the word good old days and put it in NLT, NLT, and you'll see. Go ahead, Tiffany. Tiffany got that New York face on me. <laughs> says, do not wish for the good old days. Wait a minute, why? Because if we wish for the good old days and we may not be in that season that we were, we will compare ourselves to them and we'll feel, feel that we're failures in now. Solomon in Ecclesiastes says, do not wish for the good old days. See, he's, she's nodding her head. Like she found it. For this is not good for you. I don't know if you got that, Zach good old days. I don't know. It's all right. And then lastly, this is where I'm going to wrap it up today, okay? This is where it's going to get serious. I was a little comical, but here's where it's going to get serious. Look at the fourth one. Hurt or rejection that people have experienced in their lives, particularly in the area of their gifting. Let me pause so you can let the Lord touch you on that. The reason people stop using their gifts is because they felt they have had hurt or rejection, particularly in the area of their gift. Maybe you were passed over. You didn't get picked. You didn't get selected. You tried to do something in your previous church and you got hurt. Or they told you that you weren't gifted in that area. Or 
you got hurt by actual person and that's not relating to your gift and because your hurt is so severe you've put your whole life on pause has anybody been there has anybody been there and guess what happens your gift begins to slowly wither away inside of you because you've been rejected so much now I want to say something powerful but it's going to sting a little bit I want you to hear me on the day of judgment when we stand before the Lord and he says why didn't you operate in the gift that I given you all the way if your answer is Lord you know you know my journey my local church didn't recognize my gift that's not going to fly in the day of judgment the, the, the excuse of, you know, no one recognized my gift. No one made an opportunity for me. Here's the word of the Lord for you. God didn't give the local church that responsibility. God gave you that gift. And you know what? I remember a boy in the Bible that had five loaves and two fish. And I remember that famous story that that boy must have learned. There are some cranky people. There's about 5,000 people that were cranky, hot, sweaty. They didn't want to, they wanted to eat right now and right now only. They're getting cranky. And every, all the adults, all the sophisticated ones, like, it is impossible for me to use anything I've got in my refrigerator to give to these things. There's 5,000 people. But a little boy says, all I have is five loaves and two fish, and I'll give it to you. And watch what Jesus did. He multiplied and he had leftovers. Here's the word of the Lord for you today. Are you ready? Are you ready? Release what's in your hands. Release what God has given you. Number one, is do you have no value? Number two, do you not see it? Three, is there comparison? Or four, is there hurt? I want everyone to stand up. Come on, everyone stand up right now. And I want you to, to pray as, as, we, as we sing this, these last songs here. I want you to go before the Lord in this last series. And I want to ask you, if you've been hurt in any area, or you've put no value, or you feel like your gift is not making room, here's the word of the Lord. Your gift will make room for you and will open doors. Say open doors. Say open doors. How many want to go through open doors? Here's the last thing I want to say. Stop praying for open doors and start activating your gift. Seriously. I was praying years ago at OHOP. I said, Lord, open doors for me. Open doors for me. Open doors for me. And the Holy Spirit interrupted me and said, stop praying for open doors and start activating your gift. Start activating your gift and I will open the door for you. Come on. Can I hear an amen? Let's close our eyes and lift up our hands. And we're going to worship the Lord. And we're going to ask the Lord to come in in, these, in this last day of the series to confirm and strengthen you and resurrect your gift. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.